Hey, welcome to Making the Dough Show. Hey, yeah. uh, all right, welcome. Uh, hey. I like I like having us kind of preamble into it. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You set me up every time. Oh yeah. yeah. You get a great little uh, yeah. blurb right right as we're going in. Uh, I am John Cohn. I'm Nate C. Murray. Yeah. So uh, exciting news! Today is a big day for Bread and Circuses. Mm. Our first Kickstarter launched. We are live. We are live, and we're four thousand percent funded at this moment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the the most successful pun game. Launched on a Monday before a midweek holiday uh, of all time. There it is. Yeah. That's a pretty narrow caveat. <laughs> I, I, I tried to carve it down as, as small as possible. I think given our uh, markup for percentages, because so we, we should we should kind of go ahead and talk about our strategy. Sure, sure, uh, sure, your, sure. your genius plan here. Yes. Oh, which is, oh okay. Right? Well, I'm going to reveal it. <laughs> you should, you should okay. go for it. So um, I did a couple of things here to game the system of crowdfunding and Kickstarter in general. Um, trying to play off different algorithms and trying to uh, hit media points. And so number one, I set our funding goal at $4, which is the cost of a, uh, I think you get a print and play for that price. Right. So we funded in seven seconds. Um, and then everything after that now gives us these ridiculous numbers to say of 2,000% funding. Uh, reasons for that. Number one, um, trying to make it look good. To uh, Number two, trying to game KickTracks algorithm, which is very poor and very gameable. And so what could happen is, should we go well enough today, even to make $500, we might outrank a $300,000 campaign tomorrow on KickTrack, mm-hmm. which gives us more visibility, which was key. Um, secondly, this game, I, I never thought was going to be a Chinese printed, uh, serious game where we were going to get a thousand copies out. Right. So I've priced low, low quality. I mean, it's Hasbro quality or, you know, it's the basic card, all that. Mm-hmm. So I priced that out so that everything's profitable and we can one off print. Yeah. We're not getting blue core here. No, no, that will never be a stretch goal for this campaign. <laughs> it never means never. I, I really won't do it. Um, and then the second thing we did was extended the campaign campaign out to 45 days. Mm-hmm. And again, this is to uh, play an angle when people click on things and they see something like, you know, 2000% and 37 days left. All of a sudden, it's a much more interesting campaign. I think we've talked about this before, but people only have so much time to browse campaigns. And so it's getting to a point where if you're not close to funding, they don't want to spend the 10 minutes learning about your game because it's a risk that your game won't come to reality. So they just move on. They go look at what can I get out of this thousand percent funded game. So we're doing that. And we've done the last thing we've done, uh, which is launching Monday before July 4th, uh, gives us kind of isolation in the space. Um, no one else who's smart would launch this week, but because we're doing a micro campaign, we're allowed to, and essentially these first seven days of 45 that take us to 38, we're still going to look like a fresh campaign to the media and to everyone next week when we do real reach out. And so all of these things put together made for a fun launch morning, which was almost foiled. Uh, Yes, it was. We got denied by Kickstarter. Now I've done maybe 30 projects I've never received this message before now we have a very nice video we have good graphics we have explanation we have ship dates we have all these things right and yet we got denied and I had to file an appeal on Saturday to get us live because we really wanted to go today because we're already uh, seven months late on this thing <laughs> give or take <laughs> and I was like oh we're gonna push another week and tomorrow I really didn't want to go because it's the day before the fourth right. so I really wanted today or it was gonna slide another week 
Uh, and luckily the appeal went through very quickly. Yeah, that, that's nice. We, I was a little worried and we were kind of even talking about the potential of if it continues to get denied or doesn't, you know, we don't see any progress, maybe just moving on to our, our next game and then coming back and doing this Kickstarter after we've sort of already had one successful uh, uh, campaign. Just right. because this seemed, it seemed like the reason they rejected us was because we were kind of going a bit unconventional with uh, yeah with our pricing and, mm-hmm. and our, you know having a four dollar goal sure, is, is sure. maybe to somebody who doesn't realize that you you know you're a legit person a legit right. company they may think that you're not serious mm-hmm. uh, particularly in a game about being incredibly silly yeah um, so yeah it, it was a little bit of a concern and, and we kind of had to scramble this weekend and think like maybe we need to reshuffle our priorities and what we're going to come out with at what time. But it worked out. So it worked it out. No, no, not just to say when you when you talk about the fact that maybe we were going to move on to our next project. Let's be clear: the rule for Kickstarter was I was allowed one appeal, and if they came back, that was it. Mm. If they had said no again, that project was dead. Really, you forever? Could, you couldn't even come back later. Correct. Oh, it I was didn't dead. Know that? Yes, which oh, would nice. have been a hassle. Uh, we put a lot of time into this. We did a great video that John put a lot of effort into, and and you should watch. It's really dumb. Um, but had they said no for some reason, we would have been uh, really in trouble. And so this goes to everyone thinking about contract work and signing games. And we had this discussion this weekend of. If a project is denied Kickstarter twice, in the capital that we're operating with, that means that game is no longer useful to us. So we may have to update our contracts and say, if for some reason this game is not allowed on Kickstarter, it reverts to the owner. And I think that's important. And that led to another discussion, which is something you kind of pointed out in my grab happiness, but you want to focus more on... Trying to kick the ball to you. I'm here. sorry. I'm not. I'm not picking up what you're putting down. No, no, we're not. We're <laughs> looking, not insane. I'm staring at you blankly. Yeah, uh, yeah, he is. He is. Just, a, just, just, yeah, yeah, we're gonna focus to more on me, internal uh, design. There we go. There we go. Yeah, we did. This is what we talked about. Literally, right before we started recording. Yeah. You have to forgive me. I am. I am getting over a, a horrible food poisoning over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I am not a hundred percent there. That's okay. Um, yeah, we did. We did talk about uh, moving more into internal design. Uh, I have a game that we've talked about on the podcast, although it's seeming less and less likely like we're going to end up going and, and putting out our backlog of episodes just because we've been pretty up to date with recording. For sure. You know, we, we did record something like 16 episodes prior to starting the show uh, with with our actual first episode we launched. Um, but that yeah, can maybe... be a stretch goal. Throw enough money at Pong Pong, people. It's live now. Pong Pong. <laughs> Kickstarter. Go there. Listen to terrible content from a year ago instead of terrible content from today. True. Yeah, you can hear our uh, divisive conversation over uh, movies like Blade Runner, uh, the new one. <laughs> that should be an unlock. Nate, Nate's hot take on Blade Runner 2049. I won't spoil it for you. Uh, Nate did not enjoy the film. Not at all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so I made a game called um, Get Salty. Mm-hmm. We've kind of we have already talked a little bit about it since we've we've rebooted the show. Uh, it's the one that's kind of like um, the the Alton Brown um, Cutthroat Kitchen. Not, I am just not you're on not, the take. You're not here. It's like, you're not here. it's like Cutthroat Kitchen. Uh, it is 
in my opinion, by far the best game I have made to date. Nice, nice, um, yeah. I'm very excited for us to launch it. But you know, you also have a, a game that you've been working on. Yeah, I have uh, a drafting game involving drafting evil scientists, and I'm really stoked on it. Uh, it has my favorite kind of things, which is kind of press your luck in drafting. Mm-hmm. So we're both excited about these, and we thought, well, hey, we fully control them. And so that's great. And then lastly, one of my biggest thing with building this brand was not to just put out generic farming slash dice rolling slash whatever games, but to build worlds that could support books, comics, games, eventually TV, all of these things. Right. And so you sent over your story bible for, for why don't you give a light yeah, outline? It's a retro future. So I'm I am an I'm unashamed of saying that I, I'm a nostalgia fan of the '80s. I was I was born and raised in the in the '80s, and that's that's kind of my jam. Um, so I have a retro future world. It's called Technor City, mm-hmm. uh, and it's sort of a it's a world where these aliens have blocked out the sun, and people have and they've invaded, and they are immune to most uh, uh, conventional forms of warfare, uh, mm-hmm. bullets and fire. They actually eat fire, so people have had to adapt and come up with a new technology to fight them, and it's neon technology. Nice. Uh, so it's very eighties. You've oh, got this last city. It's kind of like the last bastion. It's Technoir City, and they've built the entire city using uh, neon energy, and it's. It's a little bit of my trademark puns in there. Um, so there's some there's some jokey stuff that, that sure. we may work around a okay. bit because it, it may not end up being super appropriate in the end for, for this, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, the idea is you've got all of these larger-than-life characters and these different factions because you know we, we're all about the factions here. That's what we do. Warring factions. Yes. You've got this uh, sort of a military police mm-hmm. the light striders who are also cool they're, they're cool they're like yeah we're the police we're keeping everyone safe but also we're pretty corrupt and we work for the council of light which are these like ultra elite people that live in the tower of light which is kind of the be- beacon in the center of the city um, but you've also got people who reject neon technology those are the neanarchists uh, they, they feel like the world's already lost so like just let it burn Cool. Um, you've got the force that was a worker. They were workers, like construction, and because they had to build the city so fast, um, they started messing with neon as an injectable. Um, and they Ooh, had these cool. neon injectables called oh, highlighters because they because oh, like they that make you great. euphoric. Oh, yeah, uh, however, great. they found that it really increased aggression and weird muscle growth. So these people turned into neandrothals. Oh no. It just went too far. Um, He saw it. He he was looking. He he was waiting for the reaction, and he got it. One step too far. Uh, And they've the John Con story. Yeah. So so they tried to build a facility for them to go and recover the Neon Addiction Recovery Clinic, aka the Narc facility. Oh boy. Oh, it keeps it keeps going down. Oh no. Oh, just wait, just wait. So the um, there's also these these children who suddenly gained psychic powers, uh-huh. psychic and telekinetic powers. Okay. These psychids. Oh, have my tele- shoulders are slumping further and further toward the table. You don't love psychids with telekineon? <laughs> God damn it! Oh Jesus, no. So they make up the shadow resistance, okay. uh, a, a group because. Um, people are afraid of these psychids and their telekineon powers, so they round them up and take them somewhere. Oh, um, yes, nice to separate yes. them from the families. This is oh, 
this is intentionally uh, look look we we both horrified at current events uh-huh. it's going on in the world you got to channel them somehow yeah you got to make your statement somehow and uh, these this. kids are getting taken and no one knows where they're going or what's happening to them it's a mystery huh. huh so you've got the shadow resistance that's made up of people who are basically trying to liberate and, and free these kids and then have a school uh, an underground school where they're taught and, okay. uh, and right. trained so that's that's sort of the idea cool. for this technoir world you are already so regretting this I, I was well I was really trying to ramp up a uh, school for exceptional children <laughs> pun for you exceptional yeah I was trying I was, I was trying to play with you I was okay. trying I was trying to help I was picking myself up off the ground there <laughs> you, you, you went one too far which which is and, and again this is the difference between you and I and that you're a designer and, and a bigger creator and I'm better at development, which my version of development is typically cut, 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 distill, distill, distill. Great. And so you've just I, there was a point where I thought it was perfect and, and then, you know, then no. Then so there what movie is that where this you know, shoot uh, some indie flick, but it was like the secret is knowing when to take the canvas away from the artist. Mm, yep. And I think yep. we take it away right about Psycho Neon or whatever the hell that was. Well, I, I did preface mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's a little too heavy on puns. Yeah. Need to well, do there's some, some good stuff. I need to do some workshopping. Highlighters was great. All that was yeah, really yeah. cool. Uh, I love all that. I see it. And then what's nice is the artist that in was on a project that we might back burn for a while. Um, I think you'd be perfect for this, so we could we could step up. So that's really great. So yeah, yeah. that's that's the trick: shuffle and you know shuffle and adapt with anything. Plan right. the the best plans can go awry in the weirdest ways, and it's true. you can't prep for everything. It is true, um, and yeah, I, I we we can only kind of mildly touch on these sorts of things because there's a lot of people involved and and stuff yeah. like that. We, we try to be as open as we can, but obviously there are some points in time. Where you kind of have to keep some cards close to your chest. Yeah. Um, that yeah. being said, I think there is um, a lesson to be learned in um, contracts. We mm. we are we have a lawyer who puts our contracts together, and Correct. every single time that we have a contract that we sign, we learn a little something more. Yeah. And we learn a little something new to put into contracts. So you know, it just again, it it sounds really vague, and we can't go too deep into it. But the lesson or the moral of the story that I kind of want to convey is if you are somebody who's up and coming and you know, you're trying to start a publishing company or really anything mm-hmm. where you need to have contracts signed with people. Um, it really is worth your time to have a comprehensive contract that mm-hmm. maybe has a lot of things in there that you may not know going in is like, oh, that'll never happen. Right. Things can happen and you, you, you never can predict it. So you really have to have as many clauses and, and kind of outs. Sadly. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, that's lame it's and just unfortunate. The, yeah, it's the nature of the world that we're living in and it's just the nature of business in general that, it you is. know, things can change at any time and... Um, to protect yourselves and for the people you're signing the contract with, for them to protect themselves Correct. too. Yeah. Um, you need to make sure that there's there's a lot of ways in there to, to make sure that um, everybody's happy in the end. And mm-hmm. if we're not happy, that there's a way to amicably split. Separate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, and yeah. you know, we're just coming up. And so who we tie our name to right now is very important. And people's names right now are... Uh, being held to more scrutiny. Right. And so that's that's something to be aware of. You know, right now, if you're looking at our Pun Pong Kickstarter, we're tied to, there's there's me, you, 
Sen and Jesse. Right. And so those are the four names that if someone wanted to deep dive onto someone's social media and look for, and there are people who are professional at this, at, at this point, um, a, a editor and I am one of two silenced people currently, uh, on social media for certain things. And, uh, another one is someone I won't name, but, uh, someone did a deep dive on his Twitter and tied together three totally random things, turned it into a story of outrage. And, uh, you know, I mean, to, uh, jobs are on the line now. To with, be clear, we're not tweet. talking about the Simon game rage, which we have previously shat on. Oh, correct. <laughs> yes, that, that varied episode also. Uh, we shit on the promo video. I mean, the game could be fine. It was just a ridiculous, over-the-top 80s video. Um, but yeah, so it's you got to be careful. You, in these this day and age, you have to protect your name more than ever because it's very available in public. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so, so we want to be careful who, who we promote, right? I would say. And so our contracts have to reflect that, that if something changes with someone's uh, standing within the community, that you know they are no longer going to receive the promotion that was promised because the, they altered how they conducted themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, when you're working in this industry, I was just reaching out to you yesterday about this. Um, you know, you think a lot of the time that your Facebook group or whatever that you're kind of talking to people on is, uh, for, for lack of a, a better word, a safe space. Right. It's somewhere where you can put out your thoughts and kind of hope that there's a, a decent community of people there. Um, but a lot of these people, you know, you may not really know. Um, I just did this I, last week. I went up and I had the opportunity to go to LA and work with Hyper RPG. Um, right. And yeah. I got to do a big live stream, which was super cool for the Munchkin Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game that I um, designed that's coming out soon. Uh, and I cre- I got my Twitter sorted. finally got my Twitter figured Good. out. Yeah. Fixed my Twitter. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> uh, but I went and did this thing and then they started blasting my social media, which again, we you know, I, I don't do social not really. media you're, well. You're I'm bad, bad at it. Yeah. It's yeah. not something I really am good at or, or really think about much. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden I went on a Twitter and it's like, up until that day, I'd had maybe two notifications in sure. the like year and a half I'd had my thing. Right. I come home and I've got 120 <laughs> notifications and engagements. Right. And then all of a sudden on Facebook over the weekend, I had 10 or 15 people mm-hmm. friend requesting me. I don't know these people. Right. Uh, so a lot of them looked like they had little labels where it's like, oh, I'm in the games industry. I'm from yep. this game company. Or it's like, oh, I had 20 mutual friends. I had somebody who you were you were mutual friends with. Um, and I, I asked her, I said, do you know who this is? And they're like, no, man, I don't know this guy. But he's, right. he's in the game industry, yeah. so I'll, I'll friend him because you know it's, it's there's a chance we may know him or, or may work with him or mm-hmm. something in the future. You just kind of want to be there. But... Uh, anybody can just say they're in the games industry and put in a name yeah and then they're on your facebook and they're seeing everything that you're right yeah and sometimes when you want to vent about politics or vent about life events you're yeah you're right your industry is now seeing that and so i have my rule is if we have a hundred mutual friends i accept them blindly uh under that i will look and i go there to their page and i scroll through who are our mutual friends first of all mm-hmm. is your picture real and then are you a, a bot and I, I get one request from a bot a day and it's always funny because it'll have at least eight mutual friends with me and so there's some people out there who blindly accept them but sure. you can you, the bots will have three of the same picture that say profile update and then a link to have fun 
engaging conversations with them. <laughs> stop, stop liking these, stop friending these people, guys. Who are like how? No, don't, don't friend that. Yeah, I, and that's that is that's a great point. Is that you can't, yeah, yeah, you can't even trust your friends group to Correct. be screening to be these screening, people yeah. for you. Uh, to be gatekeeping. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I think that's, that's a, great, a bad term. That's right? a great term. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I saw. I mean, I saw a Facebook post from from somebody who's, who's someone in the industry today who said, you know, if if you uh, currently have your your games Kickstarter as your banner picture and your friend requesting me, I'm probably not going to accept. Totally, and that drives me nuts too, is because so many, and I've very intentionally not driven, you know, bread and circuses to to my friends group, and just, you know, I posted today, hey, this is a silly thing, a very light post, uh, but not not going to go crazy with it, and right. I, I hate people inviting me to events or to groups. There's a certain designer who invited me to like a game. I said no, and two hours ago they invited me again, mm. and. I'm not going to. So if I get invited again, this person's going to get a somewhat terse, hey man, like I'm not, I don't need to be turning down your game three times. Like yeah. I'm not going to like the game. I don't like anyone's thing. I, I like what I like, but if you invite me to like it, the odds go just plummet. Yeah. If I naturally run into it, I like it much more often, gotcha. you know, I, and that's it. But yeah, this guy... It, it generally pissed me off. I was like, dude, I already turned that down. Like, mm, yeah. and it just shows that, like, you know, one of the more things of social media is like we're we're using these. Just, this is now a follower, not a friend. Right. And this guy is someone I've met with multiple times and talked to for. I've spent a hundred hours with this guy. He knows the heck out of me. He knows he invited me once. So, yeah. so it's it's all social media is. Uh, I mean, besides destroying the world, it's great. <laughs> Besides <laughs> yeah, giving people giving people platforms that totally shouldn't have them, it's uh, other than that, totally wonderful. That one minor point aside, yeah, sure, yeah. sure, yeah, uh, yeah. So we're doing. We've got pun pong now. Mm -hmm. We've got our next game. We're in talks with our artist right now. Talks with the cover uh, artist. We've already announced what we're. It's Council of Verona. We're doing the, Council the tabletop Verona. played game, um, and we are in talks. I believe we will land her for at least the cover, and then interiors we may go with my backup. Okay. Um, her schedule is busy. She's a very good artist and exactly who I reimagined for the brand, so I really want to land her for the whole thing, mm -hmm. but I can get someone to do a pretty good job on interiors if she just does the cover. Sure. I'm waiting only... The only reason we haven't locked that down is I want to figure out the template and whether or not we'll be using a certain company's uh, box size. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, you know, that was something that was very interesting that I realized when I was making King of the Creepies mm -hmm. was that you generally have different artists for the box versus for the content inside the game. Sure. I, that was such a strange concept yeah. to me. I hadn't even thought about it. And then not only that, but it's like, oh yeah, and it's oftentimes a totally different art style than you even have inside the game, which, which just kind of threw me for a loop. Yeah, sometimes I can, and, and I apologize if I've, I've done that to people. I think there's a game or two they would yell at Nate about. Uh, I won't say those games. They're still great. But um, sometimes it's a little bait and switchy. Um, there's some uh, famous comic book companies that do that with like using maybe Alex Ross for a cover and then the interior is, you know, a, a C-level talent. Mm -hmm. um, but variant covers you see is, is different artists. And, and comics do that with well, typically they try to match those more, but a lot of times the cover artist is completely different or almost always different than the interior. Yeah, so. and depicting things that don't even happen. When it's comic books, half the time those covers are not something that happens in that issue. Oh, totally. It always, yeah. always threw me for a loop. 
Yeah, that is, <laughs> like, that oh, is funny. Here's, yeah. a, here's a picture of like Green Lantern beating the shit out of Superman. And then the comic book is like, nah, it's no. just like a normal Justice League comic. Yep. Like, well, yeah. Why was that the cover? Yeah, but the, bring, bringing it back to games, <laughs> yeah. to drill down even further there, you could do a cover artist, then you could do an interior character artist, or you could also switch over and do a, just an interior equipment artist. So we have one brand that we were working on where I was planning on doing that because the guy I wanted was really expensive, but he was good. So I was like, all right, you can do the characters, but I don't want to pay you to draw a gun or a grenade or a health pack that rate. So I'm just going to go get average Joe yeah. and the in inventory is going to be different than that. And I'll try and show the color palette, you know, mm -hmm. and again, you can get a colorist to tie it all together. Right. So there's a lot uh, going on there, but yeah, you don't have to burden one artist with the whole project. Like if it's your dream artist, just try and get the minimum commitment. And that's what I'm playing. I, you know, just let me get you in somewhere yeah. just because I like her. So yeah, yeah. And, and she's just the right fit. So there you go. So that's, that's council Bruno. That'll be up next. Yeah. If you back at the, uh, $7 pledge level, which we don't have in our graphic, unfortunately, uh, you get the season pass of print and play and you can play council of Verona and the creepified version earlier than everybody else. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I made I mean, a print and play season play. Season pass. That sounds cool. I'm yeah. down for that. Yeah. yeah. I actually thought that might have been the reward that got us flagged. But people have done that similar styles. I don't think like ours, which is the best version of it. But yeah, um, yeah but you know, I, I feel like that's no different. Like that's just one step more proactive than when you get a backer email from a company that you've already backed, and they're like, "By the way, we've got a new Kickstarter that we're also doing, and totally. you know, let's backdoor you into that." Right? Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, if you've backed this one, you can kind of get a easy easy right. in on the next one. So. Yeah, yeah, that's not something that's anything. New. Yeah, and and circling back to the Kickstarter denial, they did not say why we were denied uh, when they approved. I wrote them a very clear, concise message on why the project is viable, and they just wrote back, "Congratulations, follow these steps," and that was it. So it was automated to automated. Um, so no clue. So if anybody has dealt with that or knows what might have triggered it, any kind of red flags, please tweet yeah. at me yeah. or uh, or hit us on Facebook or something. I mean, I, I've got uh, a theory. And it was the you think uh, it was the four dollars? Yeah, it was the four dollar goal. Yeah. Uh, now I've I've seen dollar campaigns before. I've seen you, plenty of micro. I've seen so many micro campaigns. So, it, and that was definitely possible because it was automated. Uh, so what I did was I adjusted the goal up to a hundred and then got approved and then immediately dropped it back down to four. <laughs> Um, look, we're trying to be open. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kickstarter, once they approve you, you can change basically everything. So, um, not that is, we're doing anything in bad faith here. This no, is what we had set up to do in the beginning. This is, yeah, exactly. Like I said, every pledge that comes in is profitable and shippable. So mm -hmm. that was the main point: was can we get this done? Yes, we can. So, um, comfy with with how we do it, essentially. Yeah. Um, and and they did not say that the funding goal was the problem. So I'm not acting out. They didn't right. tell me don't do that. Right. So, and I've seen dollar campaigns go before. So oh, they didn't tell me. So I assumed I, I played around with numbers and, you know, yeah, redecided on $4. Sure. Made, a, made a command decision without, without talking to you about it. That's fine. That's fair. We did. We talked about it briefly. Okay, good. We talked about it briefly. That's good. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But hey, we're funded. We're 4,000% funded. Boom. <laughs> I think we may be... I, I mean, I'm, this is going off of purely nothing, mm -hmm. but we may be the most percentage-funded game. game to ever launch before an American national holiday 
on a Monday. I mean, just in the 20, first 24 hours oh, of any, yes. any yeah. game. Because yeah, what, yeah. we're at 4,000% at like $200. If we get up to if we get up to like five hundred dollars, right? That's a that's a lot of percents. Yeah, and you see how this looks good in banner ads and all these things. So right. when we when I adjust the marketing tomorrow to say you know back the game that's seven thousand percent funded within its first twenty four hours, that's a better message and yeah. it makes people click. So yeah. it's all this clickbait world, and so um, funded in six seconds. Funded in six seconds, exactly. <laughs> so all those things are tags we can now use for the next 45 days. And when I reach out to media, I can say, hey, this game was funded that fast. And you know, hopefully by the time we do reach out, which I think would be next Monday, mm-hmm. um, they'll look and it won't be you know, just 15 backers. They might right. see 100 backers or right. $1,000 or something that just makes them feel, oh, this is cool, okay, this is, oh, all right. And then we'll rework as we go. But, yeah. but the, the goal was to, to set these things up to have success with, a product that I have affectionately called We Bought a Sell Sheet. Sure. And we'll continue to do so. Oh, wonderful. Just on this podcast, anywhere else. I've said to call it a game. I've Please just it, call it a game. I've said it to Sen and Jesse. Cripes. <laughs> I, I said it to Yeah, I, I, I don't filter just here. I, you know. We will do my hot takes. Okay. Let, can, we at least, can we at least make a caveat there? We bought a sell sheet. And then developed it. This is correct. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. I, I, I just don't want to give the wrong impression that we're selling a sell sheet here. No, we're it is a game. It, no, it's a game. And I think we've added like a billion modes and it's now very accessible and, and a pretty cool little word game. Yeah. But, um, and we bought a sell sheet isn't terrible. I've bought other sell sheets. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's just my little affectionate code name sure. for this game. But, sure. um, but Ooh. no, we've done a lot of death. That's another word I feel like we shouldn't be using right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a, I, we, we played uh, this weekend and Amanda was like, can we still play this? And I was like, I had to pull the box out and be like, eh, name's not in the box. I mean, it's yeah. a lot of chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Well, still you playing. Go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah industry stuff um yeah but we did so we've hit our first stretch goal already correct which is um that we're going to actually film ourselves stretching yeah Uh, so we got to shoot that at some point soon Soon. i feel like it should be up during the campaign Uh, yeah i absolutely agree yeah so maybe sometime like this weekend or something yeah let's do that well i'll I'll write something something silly i think we should definitely be and so my, here's it? my idea. Oh no. Okay, so I, we come up with the whole stretch routine. I mean, I do a bunch of stretch routines every day because I have an entirely messed up arm and back and sure. Um So I can do a stretch routine, but here's what I'm thinking. Okay. I do a stretch routine. Uh-huh. You have it set, but you're drawing pun cards from the game as we're doing the stretches. And uh, we gotta come up with the puns oh, on great. the fly. Oh, that's fun. As we're doing the stretches. Okay. It's kind of a flow panyasa. <laughs> there we go. See, guys, I try to. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that one actually made Amanda laugh when she watched the video. That was good. Um, but we got one. We got one. Yeah, it was pretty good for her. Anything, any content I produce, if she smiles even a little bit. Speaking of content that that made us laugh, uh, it, you posted, or maybe it was Amanda that posted um, this weekend on Instagram. You were doing the oh the the, the cloth challenge yeah, of you, disappearing in front of your dog and or cat right where you pull the blanket up yeah, over yeah, your yeah. head yeah it didn't go so great for you no <laughs> no that's that's probably going to go viral at this point there are some influencers who have liked that and so uh, I would assume floof 
challenge fail uh, will very soon be a thing. Now, it's here's just, the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's set, the set the scene for us. Uh, it's the thing. So I got my cat, who all, already it's a cat, not a dog. So right. first of all, got, we have to get her attention. Then you're doing the thing. You're holding the blanket up, and you're trying to get the blanket up, drop it, and, and disappear. Now, a couple of things went wrong here. A... Uh, you know, when you, you need to toss the, this is for you trying this at home. You need to get the blanket up a little high, like flip it like a pizza dough up high. So you have that time to disappear. B, I chose to go up a step trying to hide on my staircase instead of the way more obvious kneel down and to the right. And John is picturing this terrible scene. Um, instead of the way more obvious, kneel down into the right in the kitchen, slide on my knees into that, which would have right worked. next to the kitchen island. Yes, I could have just gone down low. Instead, I'm going up high. So I'm going above the eye line of the blanket that I do not drop. And so... Uh, you don't for... even go very fast. I do not, no. I, I, I thought we were on a practice run. She was filming and uh, she posted it. Thanks, babe. Uh, and so, yeah, if if I, if I wasn't a beta libtard before, boy, once that video goes big, it'll, uh, you had there's me a certain Delaney, group that will love it. You and Delaney were legitimately in tears mm-hmm. watching this, mm-hmm. this thing. I feel like we're, you're going to have we'll to We'll go ahead me, and post this on the bread and You've got to send Facebook. me the actual video of it. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and I'll post it in the show notes and we'll yeah. post it somewhere okay. because it is, it's too funny. It's got to yeah. go out there. Yeah. The world needs to see this video. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, and I can laugh at myself and, and, uh, it is a, a poor attempt. I don't move fast, but I think strategically sliding into the kitchen and uh you know one or two takes at that but keeping the cat you're not going to get multiple takes with the cat she no. barely cared no you know true. i was it's shaking true. treat bags behind the scenes uh, the talent was not as excited as a dog is yeah. you know well, we'll we'll try it i'll try it this week with luna oh good please yeah. do when i can when i can move fast enough that my stomach okay. doesn't immediately scream at me <laughs> yeah uh, just yeah, and when she can handle not being freaked out enough to get sick as well. So right. why yeah. don't your whole family get well first? Yeah. But uh, don't don't do multiple takes. Be honest with it. First and I, I invite you to throw your first take out there as well. All and right. we'll, uh, we'll show a couple of nerdy dudes with their little tiny sissy pets. It's fine. You know what? Clint Eastwood only does one take. So oh, there you go. That's good. just like Clint Eastwood. That's too. Yeah. I saw you yelling at a chair earlier, so... That's true. Yeah, that's also yeah. true. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, what what what, do you, what have you been up to this week? What are, what's your what's your new your what, thing of the so, week? So yeah, so uh, riffing off last week's really up up uh, uplifting take on why your your tweeting suicide lines is useless. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to suggest a positive thing that okay. I, what is a very specific thing, but I listened to an episode of uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, which. I, I both like and don't. I think uh, they're three-hour podcasts typically, and I think for the first two hours, he isn't too stoned. And I think by hour three, his ADD and stoniness come in, mm. and it gets kind of unlistenable as he begins to not listen to his guests and go off on weird tangents. Sure. The guest uh, he had that I think was an important episode was Ari Shafir, and they talked about Ari uh, going into depression and being suicidal and Joe actually paying for his therapist. And uh, Ari going through a, a bunch of different pills and finally finding one that worked and then, and then going off that pill. And I think it's really interesting to listen to um, because he talked, the, the kind of thing behind it that may ease if you're going through stuff right now, he talks about spraining your brain essentially. That's what he, he said. He said the depression and suicidal thoughts were essentially like just like a muscle tear with a cast. Um, it w- his brain was sprained. 
And so the pill stabilized it, much like a cast would stabilize a sprained wrist. And once he was back on, he weaned himself off. Now, weaning off these pills is really tough, and, I, and, and that's what scares me about them. And I have had depression and anxiety for a long time, and a lot of it couples back to a rock climbing accident when I was 20. I fell 30 feet uh, onto my head and back. Uh, back Jeez. is still damaged. I have a, a disc that slides into my sciatic nerve, which is, if you have felt that pain, it's lovely. Uh, it's like, uh, it can get, it's just amazing. Oh yeah, I had to wear a back brace in high school because I had sciatica. Okay, so yeah, yeah. so to, that's, yeah. Got me, it had the same little hooks on it on the front as, as bras do on the back. Oh. That was great. It was great. Right. Careful, ladies. Yeah, killing it. <laughs> there you go. He's figured didn't, out left hand. Didn't, didn't end up using those skills so much later, but hey. <laughs> um, but yeah. So after this accident, rock climbing, I started having panic attacks for the first time in my life, oh. and those lasted for a few years. And then I did some treatment, and now uh, I'm much more manageable and all that. But I go through funks, I go through this and that, and whether it's head trauma or living a wild life or whatever, um, it was good to hear. A, uh, Joe took action with a friend. He didn't say, hey, go call this hotline. Joe sat him down and was like, we're, hey, dude, like, we're going to get you help. Um, I've never seen you like this. Something's funky. You need to really tell me what's up. And Ari did, and then they've, you know, Joe footed the bill. Boom, you know? Uh, so that's something you can actually do when you care about someone, oh, uh, which I think is good. And then also hearing him talk about these mental issues as something you can kind of overcome, straighten, and not, like... You, I think the fear for some of us, you know, I take I take a couple of different things for different things, and I think the fear is you'll take that for the rest of your life, and it'll uh, dull who you are. Mm-hmm. I like to think of myself as someone who has a really sharp blade with no hilt, so my hands are bleeding at all times, but I have, but my mind is that blade, and so I don't want to sacrifice dulling that just because my hands hurt a little, and so I go through with a little more pain than an average person mentally, but it's. Uh, it's worth it to me to remain who I am. But hearing Ari talk about it, it's like, oh, maybe I could treat myself for a little bit, dull things down for a little bit, get set back to normal, and that then my hands won't be bleeding as much. Kind of reboot. So yeah. Kind of reboot. Yeah, and take time for yourself and do that. So I thought that it was a very specific episode. I don't recommend all of Joe's crazy shit. He has some... So the Ari Schaefer episode. Shafir. Ari, Ari Shafir, the latest Shafir. Ari Shafir, who's also a good comedian. It's good, fun stuff. I think they get into it for at about an hour, and they go for a long time about it. So it was really worth it. Again, not endorsing everything that Joe does. Certainly not the Ted Nugent or Candace Owens episodes. Uh, I don't think he's uh, challenging enough to people he disagrees with. And I I think he lets people down in that way. Um, But this episode was really good. just And a a good callback to, hey, you know, I was trying to figure out how things could be helped. And it helped me. It helped my brain. I was like, okay, I I can forgive myself some things. Um, and, And find a different, more positive way to go. I'm... Today sucks, but tomorrow, if, if I do this, tomorrow will be a little better and the day after that. And so having some optimism in a world of pessimism and darkness uh, is, is nice and, and helped me. Speaking of darkness, yeah, well, what, what do you want to get into? So it's funny you're making, mentioning Ari Shafir. I can't ever say his last name. Yeah. Ari Shafir to Ari Aster. Uh, who is the writer director of Hereditary? There we go. Uh, yeah, that's, that's there's a good transition. That was better. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I watched Hereditary a couple of weeks ago, and I have been waiting to talk about it. But it's okay. really funny because I can't really talk about the movie, uh-huh. and I am too scared to see it. Yeah, oh, man, it is so good though. Okay, uh-huh. so I feel like some of the some of the marketing has maybe 
been a little bit too much of like, we're challenging you to see the scariest movie of all time. Like, I would, I first of all, I, like full disclosure, I'm a horror junkie. I'm you probably not yeah. the best litmus test of what's right. scary. Um, this movie was scary in less of a like. There's no jump scares. There's no boo okay. jump got jump out and gotcha. Um, the horror in this movie comes from um, the situation that is a very realistic situation that this family finds themselves in, and then. I, I always I feel like I always I keep saying this and it, it sounds really stupid but it's so true. If there wasn't anything supernatural in this movie, it would be a hundred percent believable. Nice. Um, okay. And obviously, yes, there is supernatural stuff that's going on in this movie, but that's not really the focus of the movie. I would say that supernatural is the focus of this mo- focus of this movie. Like zombies were the focus of Twenty Eight Days Later. It wasn't. The zombies were there and they were in the world and that was a reality mm-hmm. that the people had to ex- accept. But that's not what that movie was about. It was about survival and, and kind of coming Inter- together personal, at the end of times. Yeah. Hereditary is about the process of grieving for a loved family member who dies. Okay. Straight up. That is what the movie is about. It's about these characters who have kind of these three different personifications of grief. Um, you know, you've got Tony Collette giving, I swear to God, the performance of a lifetime. If she doesn't at least get an Oscar nomination for this, I'm going to be extremely upset. Okay. Um, she has, she starts this movie off at a level where a person has already been brought to, I would say, the brink of where you as, as somebody who's trying to hold your family together and dealing with the loss of a family member is already, you're already up at the edge. Yeah. She's got family problems, the family's kind of coming apart and she's trying so hard to hold it together. And that's where the movie starts. And it only ratchets up exponentially as the story goes and she handles it and holds the story together so well. It nice. could have easily become just like this hysterics. You know, I, a lot of people love the Babadook, um, and I find it kind of irritating sometimes because there's just so much hysterics going on in that movie, and mm. it gets annoying to me. Okay. Um, this is not the case in this movie. Uh, you know, we, we talk about how um, the world is, is on fire in a terrible mm-hmm. burning place right now, and it becomes increasingly hard to sleep at night. This movie keeps you awake at night for a totally different reason. And this movie is two hours that I was sitting in this movie uh-huh. and I could not think about anything but this movie. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. 100% sucked in from literally the first shot of the movie. You're like, oh, wow, we're right here. Okay, we're already in it. And it, it just, it never lets up. It holds you the whole time. Really unbelievable performances from Tony Collette and uh, a, a young guy named Nicholas Wolf. I guess he was on he was on some Nickelodeon or Disney show as a kid. I cannot remember what it was. Delaney knows what it is. Right. Um, he was also the kid in the the Welcome to the Jungle, J- Jumanji. He was the kid that turned into the Rock. Okay. Um, so he gives again an unbelievable performance in this movie. I can't spoil anything for you because mm-hmm. it's, I'm going to ask you about one scene after this. That sure. I about. Sure. It it plays with your expectations. And it plays with your knowledge of movies, just movie tropes and and story. And it plays with it so expertly. And the thing that keeps blowing my mind is this guy, this is his first movie that he wrote and directed. And he has such a strong grip on how to subvert expectations, how to get you into this, how to build these believable characters going through the most impossible situation that a family could be going through. And he makes every step of it feel real and, and it feels like it hits home even if you haven't dealt with these sorts of things in your life uh i i cannot recommend it enough okay. um, if you if you are really truly 
um, not someone who can sit through a horror movie, mm. then then maybe it's not for you. But if you're somebody who really enjoys a very very good story, a really good story that is is heavy, it's heavy. You're, yeah. you're gonna have to buy in and be like, look, I'm gonna be watching a movie about the grieving process, and it's not sure. like in most movies where they're like, oh, it was so sad he died, and now we got to get to the plot, look at the time. Right. This is this movie is about the grief, mm. um, but it's so it is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Okay. All yeah. right. High high regards for yeah. a movie I yeah. certainly don't plan on watching. That's fine. That's fair. <laughs> you know, sometimes I, yeah, I, I, just I can't challenge. Yeah, yeah, sometimes heavy. I'll challenge somebody and be like Gerald's game, where it's like, look, yeah. this movie's got some graphic stuff in it that yeah, you're gonna right, it's right. gonna fuck you up. Yeah. Um, this is a very different movie. This is a movie that I feel like people in general should see because it's it's a it's a fantastic movie. It also in the last 10, 15 minutes of it are pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's good. I like to hear that a third act of a horror movie is good because normally the third act is where they all fall apart. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of these movies, especially these lower budget uh, movies from these, these first-time directors, they really want to say like, oh, I came up with something and it's something you've never seen and not something that's never happened before. I really wanted to subvert expectations. And they do it by doing something that's not earned and it's just terrible totally. and makes yep. no sense. And you're like, yeah. what? Did, what? Like, am I watching Silicon Valley? <laughs> A season, the whole show's good, just every season finale. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's like what a turn, right? On right. most movies, this movie does take a turn, but it's it, it earned it, it, it earns it, it sold That's it, good. and it's more honestly, it's more of a mystery, it's like a puzzle because all the okay. pieces are there, okay. the pieces are there the whole movie for you, and you just got to pick them up. This is a movie that Delaney and I talked about for two days straight. Wow, and the more we talked about it, I went, Oh. I just thought of something. This meant this, and that's why they did this. And it's like, oh my god, that we just broke this wide nice. open, nice. right? And it, 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 it keeps I sitting, like and you keep movies, playing yeah. it through your head over and over again because it's like, oh my god, oh that makes so much sense. I forgot about this one line in the movie that seemed mm-hmm. like a throwaway line, but now it has so much more importance. It's great. Uh, I cannot it. recommend it. Enough. All right, I love movies like that. Cool. So we'll talk after, and maybe yep. I will. Uh, Clarify some things and maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I'll watch it. Yeah. All right. Wow. All right. Well, that's good. Yeah, we'll we'll that's check it. in in a couple of weeks when. Hopefully, uh, Pun Pong will be over a million by that point. Uh, a million percent funded. A million percent. Not, not a million dollars. <laughs> Actually, a million percent funded would still be like 250 grand, which is insane. Uh, so it won't be there, uh, but it'll be it'll be cruising along. 10,000 percent. Oh yeah, very yeah. likely. Very likely, 10,000 percent funded. And, yeah. and jump on in. It's a fun little game. And even if you're a little shy we'll have a way for you to play and, and it's it's goofy delightful stuff and yeah and hey there you go that's yeah. it uh, you know uh, I forgot our tags before I did the, the uh, closing tag don't shop don't shop at Mattress Firm back Amanda Palmer on Patreon and that's, that's it, it.